Hi, Chanel. Hello, Leslie. Thank you so much for uh, speaking with me today. Thanks for inviting me on. I'm, it's an honor because uh, as I was just saying to you before we started recording, I really admire uh, what you've been doing and just the way that you've presented what's happening to you in a, in a calm and kind of um, non-polarizing way, I would say. So I'm, I'm happy to, you know, just chat finally. Thanks. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I, I think that's been very important to me because I, I, I think that there's that temptation to become very polarized as, as we've kind of discussed through emails that we've shared and you, um, so you, you reached out to me um, after the Benjamin Boyce interview, because you had spoken with him as well. And then you saw my interview and you offered to make a written piece based on my video about social justice. And that was how we connected. Yeah, I saw that video and I was like, man, I just want like hundreds of thousands of people to see this. And I'm like, you know, maybe some people prefer to read it mm -hmm. instead of watching a video. So I'm like, I'll just do what I can because I, I just, the way that you presented like the issue in that video really made it clear that you're looking to bring people together, right? Not like to win or not to, to be some kind of hero, but just to mm -hmm. actually get to a place where people are understanding what's going on and potentially seeing things from your point of view, right? You've really been treated horrendously by this university. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. You know, I, I think when I first saw that their position statement calling me a white supremacist, I was like, I, this kind of, it's kind of unbelievable, but at the same time, it's, um, it's, it's so, it, it sort of demonstrated all of my points about the bias and the, the strange way of thinking that they're trying to generate. Because if you've, if you've listened to anything that I've said and you can take from that white supremacy, it, it, it defies logic unless you are going by this bizarre ideology, which says, which changes the meaning of language basically. But mm -hmm. yeah. That's the only way they've managed to get this far, right? It's mm -hmm. so, it's just these subtle little shifts and then they get people to agree to statements and they don't really know what they're agreeing to. And then, mm -hmm. you know, two years later, it shifts again and it shifts again and now we're here. So. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like the boiling the frog. You start off a little bit and get people to agree. Mm -hmm. Before you know it, you've, you've kind of gotten sucked in. Yeah, like before you know it, you're like that um, person in, in um, Oh, man, I don't know what country it was, but somebody recently, I don't know if you heard about this, but she said men are men and can't be lesbians or something like that. And now oh, she's yeah. facing criminal charges for that. I saw a headline. I cannot remember either where she is. Maybe it was the Maybe UK. Norway, I think. Oh, okay. Like that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did it's see like, that. That's where we're going to end up, right? Yeah. Like, I know it's, it's, it's a really strange it's it, it's happened so quickly it feels mm -hmm. but your your written version of that piece was really awesome and i i thought it was so nice that you took the time to do that and mm -hmm. what you did was you kind of cleaned it up because when somebody's just talking sort of off the cuff it, it doesn't necessarily translate to a perfect you can't just transcribe that and have it sound mm -hmm. right because people would cut themselves off and say and I'm, I'm i do that all the time so um, the way you did it, you gave it a flow and a structure, and 
and it was awesome. And so I, I put that on my Substack. So if anybody hasn't had a chance to see that already, it's out there. And that was yeah, by you. it was fun to do. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. And so <laughs> your I I know a little bit about your experience, um, but but only a little bit. So I'd love to hear more. And and up, up till now, the people that I've spoken with on this channel have been either counselors or counseling trainees. And so it's been kind of within that um, within that framework of the the counseling. I guess, education uh, setting. And your setting is slightly different, but related because it's education. So it's education at, at large. So you were a high school teacher, right? And you, as, as far as I understand it, it started out with some comments on a Facebook page, but then your story kind of snowballs from there. So I'd love to just, if you can walk me into that, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. I'll give you the rundown. So basically what happened is in February 2021, I put a comment in a private Facebook group saying that we shouldn't indoctrinate kids with critical race theory. That was the gist of it. It was basically someone was asking for Black, um, black history, uh, sorry, Black Lives Matter resources okay. uh, for Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's just presenting that organization to begin with like I knew how it was going to be presented and I just I, I knew it was going to be sort of indoctrination so I said we shouldn't be we shouldn't be doing that you know we should be uh -huh. presenting all sides and then I said something about how in the UK uh, because at that point I think it was around that time that uh, MP Kemi Badnoff did a, a really really good speech saying like our government stands against CRT if teachers are keeping mm -hmm. this as this accepted fact um like they're breaking the law and things like that so I just wanted to share that with people to say like look here we're like you know we're teaching this as if it's normal and in the mm -hmm. UK it's actually a crime so like maybe we should think about what we're doing like is it right is it not right so I was just presenting this other perspective and within and, like and you're in minutes, Canada right sorry I should have said yeah. that in the beginning you're in Ontario Oh yeah, woke, okay. woke land of the woke. Oh, like, okay. Can't get more woke. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so, well, actually, I say that, but then I see the stuff at Antioch. I'm like, okay, yeah. we're pretty much on the same. Thing. Yeah. Well, I live outside of Seattle, so you know, I kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah. So, um, within ten minutes, I have, you know, dozens of people coming at me. Are you really a teacher? Uh, like. I can't believe you're saying to teach kindness and not uh, power and racism and things like this. Mm -hmm. So I bet like, I just kind of froze at that time. I took a couple of screenshots. I left the group and I was like, hopefully yeah. someone doesn't report me. <laughs> oh. And then Gosh. Monday comes around. And as I go to, to leave, uh, I get a, a letter from my principal and it's saying I'm under investigation. No oh my details gosh. or anything. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, so you, I'm like, okay, you made some comments about, about like, let's, let's not discriminate or whatever, something kind of innocuous in this group, you got a pile on right away. Mm -hmm. You left the group, and then you're being investigated. So somebody mm -hmm. must have reported it to this principal as some kind of hate speech or something. Yeah, as a um, harmful, you harmful. know, harmful um, words or whatever, okay. hurting the marginalized and all that. Wow. So, um, yeah, I got like a, a direct message from one of them, too. And 
saying, you know, you're hurting people and mm. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. It's just really like hateful stuff, wow. you know, in the name of inclusion. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, I'm kind of left in the dark and I have to go talk to my union and see what the heck is going on and who made the complaint, what did I do? And finally, I they tell me that it was, you know, to do with this thing. Mm-hmm. So um, what happens after that? Well, um, about a month later, so this started the, the investigation, like I got one chance to talk to the board and kind of explain my side. I was feeling pretty good about it, honestly, mm-hmm. because I, mm-hmm. I knew I hadn't done anything wrong. I'm like, mm-hmm. look, all I'm saying is we should be talking about both both sides like we should be mm-hmm. we shouldn't be indoctrinating mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. months later they they suspended me for a week without pay um like a wow. really kind of humiliating experience especially because I was in class they pulled me out of class brought someone else in wow had me on a zoom told me I I couldn't set foot on school property for the whole week like as if I'm wow. some kind of criminal wow. and I wouldn't get paid yeah. So that's really humiliating so, and it's defamatory and hurts your reputation and just makes you look like this dangerous, you know, I don't know. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of a, it, it's really casting that very strong light on you as if you've done something wrong. But then at the same time, it's all undercover, right? Like nobody knows what's going on. Mm. So that's, oh, yeah. it, it's kind of, it's weird. Like at that time I wasn't, I, I, I wasn't talking to people about it because it's kind of a taboo thing and I didn't know yet like what was going to happen and mm-hmm. you know I just it was, it was a personal battle more than anything until later on when I decided like okay this isn't this isn't okay like I can't mm-hmm. I can't be quiet about it mm-hmm. but yeah like that is still ongoing actually that whole battle because I decided to appeal it mm-hmm. um, and it took about two years or sorry, it's going to take about two years to actually have the appeal hearing, which oh, is wow. set for May of this year. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow, it really drags on. Yeah, and that's, okay, so that's just the first investigation okay. by my school board. The other one, um, just quickly, it's, it's the Ontario College of Teachers, so my, reg, my um, regulatory body there, the mm-hmm. licensing body, mm-hmm. um, that decided to start investigating investigating me last uh march i believe so right away when i got that letter and it was about the same comment i had made in the group i was like okay no this isn't okay so i put it on twitter and like within a month i had lawyers i had you know i I had people supporting me and everything and i've been public since then Mm -hmm. yeah you've developed a pretty good twitter following at this point it looks like yeah i think so i mean i try to just stay kind of balanced and just keep on repeating the same things Mm -hmm. you know I want equality for all I don't want special privileges for one group over another Mm -hmm. I don't think that political ideologies belong in the classroom Mm -hmm. and lately what I've been trying to do is just expose a little bit of what's going on and I it's not even like I'm commenting on it I'm just saying like look this this happened in this class Mm -hmm. here's what this teacher is saying and you know people can make their own opinions about Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. Yeah, just kind of let the evidence speak for itself. Yeah, like you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's best to let people make up their own mind because it's it does speak for itself when you when you put the information out there. So I like that approach a lot. And mm-hmm. what's this been like for you? Because 
I, I can only imagine at that beginning point when you're being investigated and you're being treated like a like you've done something wrong, you're being yanked out of class and put on these calls. That must have been a lot of turmoil for you. And what what was going on inside at that time? Yeah, um, it, it wasn't that easy, I guess. It, it was stressful at the beginning, especially when I didn't know if I was going to get that letter or not, when I didn't know what was going to happen. But mm-hmm. um, I have to say, though, that to get to that place where I was willing to put that comment in the group, like mm-hmm. I wasn't doing so blindly, right? Okay. Like I I knew that there was a possibility of people freaking out. Mm-hmm. Just, um, you know, I had been paying attention to what was happening for probably... Mm-hmm almost a year at that point okay like before that I was really really like ignorant about what was happening I had no idea like Mm -hmm. I was just floating along it was nice Uh it it was blissful ignorance but you know (laughs) so um so yeah like I I knew there was a risk and everything but I knew also that the alternative to taking that risk is worse to me so Mm -hmm. I just kind of weighed the uh the risk and and just went for it so, so it sounds like maybe that the, the turmoil was before you came out with that statement when you were, I, and when you're kind of coming out of that blissful ignorance you're talking about. Yeah, I guess if, the turmoil. Yeah, was if there is, I don't accepting, want to. Yeah. Like it, it would have been more like that moment where I had to accept like, okay, I might be screwing over my career, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah. that kind of moment. But I, mm-hmm. I got over it pretty quickly just because I mean there's nothing I can do about it right Mm -hmm. I'm that kind of person like I the comment was already made Mm -hmm. the complaint was already made like what am I going to do right Mm -hmm. like I'm not going to cower away that's not who I am Mm -hmm. so it's just like well we'll see what happens you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well that's great that you that you had the confidence to do that when you did and when you oh sorry go ahead I was just going to say it helps that my family is supportive. You know, my family oh, good. understands and, yeah. you know, they're not telling me, oh my God, I just, you screwed up your career. They're saying, well, you know what, you're, you're speaking out for what's right. So that helps. Mm-hmm. That is good. It's good to have the supportive people around you so you can kind of do like a reality check and yeah. say, am I seeing this right? <laughs> or are you seeing what I'm seeing? Um, so when you, when you're describing that state of of blissful ignorance prior when you said you're just kind of floating along and just going along with uh, with what you're hearing in the culture. Um, what was what was that like and what was the process of of realizing when did you realize hey I don't know if I agree with what I'm what I'm hearing. So I would say it was in the summer of 2020 uh, when everything kind of blew up right. Um, I don't know exactly what was the the thing, but I, mm-hmm. I think there was a few events that happened. Um, one of them that kind of sticks out to me is I had a professor um, at my university. He supervised my thesis and everything. I, I took a few courses with him. And I really mm-hmm. liked him. Mm-hmm. And he made a comment on Twitter and, you know, got mobbed. Okay. Uh, his comment, he was a biology professor and his comment was something like, you know, it's so stupid to be racist. We're all just, we've all just evolved from like single celled organisms. Like, you know, mm-hmm. let's not do this. And yeah. then he hashtagged all lives matter, which okay. was his crime. Yeah. Cause that was inflammatory at the time or still probably. Yeah. yeah. 
still probably yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so and so he got freaked mobbed. out on him yeah yeah and I was like oh my god so I started defending him because I you know he hadn't done anything wrong and I knew his intention was not bad and you know mm-hmm. and for that I lost like three or four Facebook friends mm. like in one day mm-hmm. um and I just started to feel like okay like if these people are so inclusive and stuff, why are they behaving like this? Like, why don't they have any empathy or like, why mm-hmm. aren't they able to just be like decent? Mm-hmm. Um, so I started to, I guess, just allow myself to ask questions more. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, well, that summer I discovered podcasts. I guess COVID had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> so I was listening to podcasts a lot and just mm-hmm. I it just was blowing my mind you know for that period of time because I was just discovering these amazing people um like on Joe Rogan just random people not even all about politics but like mm-hmm. oh he's talking to a um an astronaut this day and then like a mm-hmm. physicist the next day and mm-hmm. whoever and I I got really into that and and it really really just helped me see the world in a different way and I guess from there it just kind of snowballed then I started linking stuff and seeing things at school that were happening and I I knew that it was part of this ideology and I couldn't really tolerate that anymore Mm -hmm. so yeah so it was like is that similar to what happened with you because like I guess you kind of have a, a similar story but it must be more recent right because Kind of, it is similar in some ways. So it sounds like for you, it was like you had these jarring moments where you you were seeing people argue in ways that didn't make sense and wasn't rational given what was being said. Like this professor of yours who had good intentions and tried to say something that was kind and and loving and inclusive, and he got he got this pile on that wasn't uh, it wasn't proportionate at all to what he said. It wasn't it was unreasonable levels of of ire directed at him and then after that you started to so, sort of expand your sphere of influence to include lots of different voices and stories and it just it just opened your mind a little bit to, to other ways of seeing things and for for me if if that's correct if that's a good summary yeah 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 for me I was um I I was a student when I was, when I was a college student, it was back in the, like the 2000s, the mid, early to mid 2000s. And then I, um, I went to law school in uh, 2009 and 2010. I ended up leaving law school Mm -hmm. and then I took a break and I, I have four children. I had, I had already had two. I was a, a mother of two. And then I had two more children during that intervening time. And I just worked as um, doing medical office work. I, I worked in a naturopathic clinic for a while. Anyway, so my story was mm. I kind of just got out of academia and I was just in sort of the, the real world, if you will, <laughs> real world. And I just was being a mom and having my friends and being around my family. And, and I wasn't really exposed to these cultural shifts and thinking so much. And so when I came back to school, I'd heard some whispers of it and I'd seen some things on Facebook also. I was still on Facebook at the time and there had been this, this sort of mobbing of somebody who said something offensive in the social justice sense that I'd witnessed in a local mom's group. And it was really strange to me. And, and there were you know, a lot of racial slurs about, about white people. And I thought this was really, um, it was 
it, it was kind of, it, it was new to me. I didn't understand what people, where this was coming from. It was the first time I'd been exposed to these, these words like white privilege and check your privilege. And this idea that somebody, one of the people getting mobbed was being mobbed because she was mixed race, which is still part white privilege. And so I was seeing these words be thrown around and I didn't know really where it was coming from. And so when I got to school, when I started back to graduate school in um, 2019, I was kind of primed with some awareness of these things, but my initial awareness of them had already been kind of jarring to where it, it wasn't, oh. that first time I saw it was, was already with a, uh, a dose of, this doesn't make rational sense that we're doing oh, this. Okay. So but, you never had like, it, you'd never felt enticing to you in any way, you never like almost jumped on or anything? Not, not really. Uh, what I like when, when I started that program um, and I, I, I've talked a little bit about the multicultural perspectives course that I took, which was really just a DEI training disguised as a core applied psychology mm -hmm. um, course. Um, that during that, I was trying to make it make sense. I, I was trying to go along with it because I basically, I think the tenets of what they're trying to do with the social justice ideology is they're trying to answer real problems and real questions with a solution that doesn't, it, to me, it doesn't seem like the right solution. It seems like a very polarizing sort of thing. It's like a retributive, you know, we've things have been going wrong in this way. So let's let's tip the scale really far this way in order to balance things out and make things make makes make things right. And I my stance was I can see that we've had systemic problems. I mean, I, I, I can see this and we have historical issues that privilege some groups over some other groups. And so we do have challenges that are very real and deserve real attention and that we should be discussing. We should be talking about these things, especially in a sociological sense. And when we're talking about people's backgrounds and, and ways to be aware of challenges that people may have faced, et cetera. But the social justice answer is to go in into this like really stereotyped and simplistic and reductionist narrative that that doesn't make any sense to me. And that never has made any sense to me. So my, I was trying to have this like larger conversation about, hey, maybe, maybe we can talk about these in a more nuanced way and really get into, into how these factors affect real people and how they could potentially fa uh, factor into people's lives or maybe not so much in other cases because the reality of the individual experience is so complex that we can't answer mm -hmm. it with, you know, check these boxes for your demographics and this tells you what kind of a person you are. So yeah, you run into it so innocently, like just thinking, well, like they're going to be wanting the truth just like I do, right? Right. Because we kind of assume that that's what people want, but it's actually like, it's a new, it's a new religion. They're not searching for truth. They're searching for conformity, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a whole other world. And I think so many people get bulldozed because of that, that nice assumption that they have that other people are kind of looking for the same thing. Like I've seen just a lot of people who come to me and they're, they're like, yeah, I agree with you, but mm -hmm. I tried to say this. And then, and, and then they, they said this and, you mm -hmm. know, and it's like, yeah, but you need to, you need to, um 
like uh know that that's what they're gonna do like you you need to like go into these conversations prepared like this Mm -hmm. is what they're going to do they're going to either call you names Mm -hmm. they're going to uh recite you know some statistic that's going to make you feel like shit and if you're not ready with some other statistic that you can present to them or or something Mm -hmm. else that you can say like you're just going to be there looking like an idiot right Mm -hmm. so then Mm -hmm. you're going to not do it again and it's it's like it's uh it's very much a gotcha yeah exactly yeah yeah (laughs) it's so sad to see though because all these like they're really genuine people right and Mm -hmm. and they don't know the ins and outs of the ideology like they haven't really you know gone into all the theories and like read it you know like James Lindsay and all of that yeah yeah so yeah I yes I think that's that's very well put and I think that that's kind of that's um the way that I see it is that there's a core of of goodwill in in what brings people to this way of thinking I'm not saying that there's a core of goodwill in the indoctrination and the ideology necessarily, but what it purports to um, to try to solve is is something that genuinely compassionate people would care about. And so you find a lot of really compassionate people who are think that they're doing the right thing by speaking in this way and supporting these ideas. And and I think that it's I, I guess I. I I think that it's easy to demonize people, but um, many people have their own story of how they came to see it differently, came to see it from a more nuanced perspective. Like what you've said, I've heard that from several people, very similar. I was kind of going along with it. I, I was saying the things and doing the things and putting up the profile picture or whatever it was um, to signal agreement with this way of thinking. And then some things started to happen where it was, it, I saw contradiction and I saw a lack of reasonableness and I found myself arguing on the other side and getting mobbed and I realized. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that that's, it, it's important to remember that so, it's not about my enemy. These the people who are social justice and adherents are not necessarily the enemy. They're just people who see things a little bit differently and maybe have it come around yeah Yeah, or a lot a lot differently yeah (laughs) Yeah. but yeah I know you're right though like we the 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 thing that we all have to remember I think because I a lot of people on Twitter like I see all kinds right like Mm -hmm. I really admire those who are going to stick they stick to the middle and they really make an effort to hear the other person out and to kind of not necessarily find middle middle ground but at least not Mm -hmm. give them a reason to like to think that they're evil you know Mm -hmm, like just mm -hmm. stating plain facts or whatever Mm -hmm. and I really like that I try to be like that most times too but um there are some people who will like come in and label the other side and stuff and to me it's like that that's just it's just not going to help like what Mm -hmm. are we aiming at here like Mm -hmm. do we want a civil war do we want um like what are we aiming at because if if we're looking at bringing people together and kind of decreasing that polarization Mm -hmm. what we have to do is in some way or another we need to try to um just allow the other side to or i the i shouldn't use that language i guess but it, it's it hard not it is, to I, I know it is like, hard. <laughs> <laughs> like we have to allow them to like reflect on some stuff and and 
just to see our writing and wonder like oh what's so bad about that anyway like am mm -hmm. I missing something mm -hmm. you know and it'll take time but mm -hmm. yeah and when you say like not necessarily common ground like or middle ground it's that's a good I liked the way you put that because it, there really isn't it's really hard to find what that middle ground would be with somebody who's got such an intolerant and um, dogmatic framework for seeing the world. There's not really a way to compromise with that because the way that the, the ideology teaches you to think, it's, it's an all or nothing ideology. It's you're with us or you're against us. You can't even argue gently against this and push back gent gently or else you are demonized. You are a white supremacist. You are transphobic or whatever it is. So there, you know, you're right. It's, it's, it's hard to do that. But I do think that as we keep having these kind of conversations and like, you know, what's the moment that jars somebody else? When's that going to be? What is, what's the, the tipping point for another person to read an argument and have a thought that that sparks some questioning in their minds and that could still happen i i think that 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 could happen for any of us at any point and mm -hmm. sometimes when i when i'm thinking about this and talking about it i feel like um it sounds it sounds a little bit arrogant to say like i've resisted the the phrase waking up like it's so easy to say like i woke up to realize that this was indoctrination or whatever but that sounds doesn't that sound so condescending to the to the the sleepers you know i mean yeah yeah like i yeah <laughs> yeah go ahead i like i guess i don't know like it, it just is what it is so yeah. right like yeah. at a certain point like like it you it, you are sleeping if you think that the world is this narrow thing of like composed of oppressors and of the oppressed yeah. and you have no gratitude whatsoever for yeah. your way of life in the west and you're willing to just topple down all of our systems because they're not absolutely perfect and in and and in you know trying to pursue that you're going to destroy everything in front of you like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is a less than ideal way of viewing the world yes right? like, yes <laughs> it is and 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 that right there is why these conversations are so great because i think that for people who really want to be intentional and consider their own perspective and weigh it out in a in a respectful way we constantly check ourselves and we can check ourselves by talking with other people and having a conversation and saying am i seeing this right and mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so Man, that's, that's been the most beautiful part of this like just coming out and being open like I don't I don't really filter much at all anymore I used to more in the beginning I was like oh maybe I won't touch this subject so I'll just mm -hmm. talk about this or mm -hmm. but I just don't care anymore I'm like you know what like every single person has a responsibility to speak up and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what's been beautiful about it is being able to disagree with people again like mm -hmm. I absolutely love that yeah now. I'm like please tell me tell me <laughs> where I'm wrong like let's argue a yeah. little bit <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love it. Respectful disagreement without it being a black and white issue, without it being like you're all right or you're all wrong. Exactly. You're a bad person because mm -hmm. you, you know, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what's next for you in, in terms of are you are you able to teach at all or or what does that look like? What does your career look like right now? Well, it's kind of I'm kind of in a weird place because technically my license is okay right mm -hmm. now mm -hmm. um but 
like I've tried to apply to do some supply teaching and stuff and Mm -hmm. I won't like they're not calling me back Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. even though I know they're very like desperate for teachers or so Mm -hmm. I've heard Mm -hmm. so I'm some I'm somewhat canceled I guess I do have a little side job that I've been uh doing just for the meantime Mm -hmm. and yeah wow it's such a shame to have somebody like you not able to work with young people I your openness and your openness to discussion and your lack of indoctrination and lack of interest in indoctrinating (laughs) that's exactly the kind of people that we'd want to be teaching oh thank you yeah like this whole thing has honestly it makes me want to be in a classroom so much more really like yeah like people some people think that it kind of has pushed me away and I don't want to I don't want to have anything to do with the classroom Mm -hmm. it's like it's the total opposite like Mm -hmm. I'm a totally new person I feel like I'd be a completely different teacher than I was back in you know 2019 when I was running the pride group (laughs) at the school oh how (laughs) interesting yeah yeah So I just feel like I could come in and actually really push kids to think, you know, and not infuse, not that I was ever wanting to push my own beliefs, at least Mm -hmm. not intentionally. Maybe I did a little bit because I was a little kind of buying the whole ideology just a tad. Mm -hmm. But now I really could make an effort to push the other way and push for all different viewpoints, right? Mm -hmm. So it's too bad. It sounds like you've gained a lot of confidence and um, and self-assuredness through this process of learning to speak up. I don't know if yeah, it's learning. So. Is it learning to speak up? That that almost sounds like you didn't know how before, but just <laughs> through, through getting up the gumption to come out with this. Well, yeah, like it was more of a like jump into the jump into the ocean and see if you can swim type of thing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. you know it wasn't one of those gradual like okay well I'll say a little bit of something here and a little yeah. bit of something there it was yeah. like all right it's like boom jump. <laughs> yeah. yeah were you always were you always like that as a young person did you always have uh like the confidence to speak up when something didn't seem right to you Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. 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 Like oh, to a cool. fault. Like I Good. would, okay. I have a sense of um, like, not to be like, you know, it, it can be a good or a bad thing. You know, I get into conflicts probably more than I'd want to because mm. or as, as a teenager or whatever, more mm-hmm. than I'd want to, because mm-hmm. I felt the need to say stuff when, mm-hmm. when it was needed or mm-hmm. <laughs> when I thought it was needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely think it's part of my, um personality that I just feel the need to say what's on my mind Mm -hmm. I guess Mm -hmm. yeah that's something that really fascinates me is what the personal differences that make someone more likely to speak up when there's when they're feeling like something isn't right versus go along and get along yeah, I've wondered about that so much too. Like, I really want some kind of big study to come out soon. Like, is anyone working on this? Because I know. <laughs> well, we've, we've had lots of conformity exper- experiments going on over the last couple of years. We could certainly glean something from that, I'm sure. What kind of yeah. people do X, Y, Z? Yeah, like, are you more disagreeable or? I've gotten more disagreeable as I've gotten older, but I'm, I tend to be pretty agreeable overall mm. yeah I know you would think are you a little bit more disagreeable 
I don't know. Like you I don't I seem like like I, like I would pigeonhole you there at all. No, that's the thing. I don't even think I am disagreeable. I'm just um, okay. Like it's like Jordan Peterson says. It's, uh-huh. it's it's not that I'm disagreeable. I don't like conflict necessarily. It's uh-huh. just that I think it's better to have the conflict and resolve it than uh-huh. to not have the conflict and then to have whatever other issues going to arise from not having the conflict. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so it's like a calculated decision more mm-hmm. than anything yeah for for me I feel like I don't I don't like dishonesty and mm-hmm. I I really value direct communication and I really value connection and I don't feel like you can connect when there's dishonesty and so I don't want to say things or put my name on things that I don't I don't really feel are are truthful and so when it comes to being told that I have to regurgitate something that I feel is not true, I'm kind of going to, I'm not going to be able to do that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily agreeable or disagreeable. It's, it's a kind of a different factor, maybe. Maybe, yeah. Like, maybe it's more like um, um, inability to, to be inauthentic. Like, it's, it's yeah something like that yeah some kind of yeah and it's not to Mm. say that I haven't been at times but it's something that I really try not to do I I, I'm not perfect with that but I really strive towards that and uh and yeah that's that's kind of where it was for me with this program I could I could go along to a great extent when I could massage it to be truthful to me but when it comes Mm -hmm. to directly compelling my speech and making me sign a pledge that I won't that I do not agree with I won't I won't do that have you had support in your you know your your circle there like people in your life my um my personal circle of friends and family yes very much very much so and and that's been wonderful and then um as far as like through the school I I don't really have any connections with people at Antioch. At the time that I made the decision to put that video out, I was just taking online courses and I didn't have a cohort or any kind of connection there. Um, CTA is a wonderful resource, Critical Therapy Antidote. And so that's a professional network of of concerned um, um, psychologists, counselors, therapy professionals who have been trying to push back against the takeover of social justice ideology in the therapy field. And so that's been oh, a wow. wonderful resource for support. They are wonderful. And I haven't so, heard about them. Is this like a, like, is it an anonymous thing or do you know the names of the people running it? Oh yeah. It's a, it's a big um, network. And so the, mm-hmm. the founder's name is Val Thomas and she's fantastic. She's in the UK, UK based psychologist or, or counselor. And um, it's, it's all around the world. We have members all around the world. And I found CTA early in my um, school career, in my graduate career, when I um, started to bump up against some things that didn't make sense in the program. And I was concerned about it. And I was wondering, what is this? And I started looking and, and I ended up finding an article that she had written. And I, as soon as I saw that this was a group that existed, I was like, yes, I need to know these people. And so I, I have found a lot of support there. And they're not afraid to get canceled. Like I guess the ones who are actually practicing don't put their name. So or... they do have a member directory, but I think it's internal. 
Um, mm. There are articles written by different members that you can find on the website. Some do use pseudonyms and some are out with their names. And so it varies. I think people have to make that calculation for themselves just based on what their position is and, and what they're, you know, what do they stand to lose for speaking out? I understand that it mm -hmm. takes, it's, it's a, it's a calculated decision for each person. Yeah, unfortunately mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. It, it does, it does get a bit frustrating though, because it's like, you know, atrocities have occurred throughout human history. And the only reason they have occurred is that individual individuals have been cowards. They yeah. put themselves first, right? They've, mm -hmm. they've thought, oh, okay, well, I'll save myself in the short term and hopefully people, other people will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And it, mm -hmm. often it doesn't go that way, right? So I'm just at the point now where I'm like, you know what? Like, nobody's asking you to go to war here. We're not mm -hmm. telling you to put on a suit and you might get blown up. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. we're saying literally just speak up. And if you have to change jobs, then like, that's a small price to pay to avoid like I, I mean I don't want to be like I, I understand that there's mm -hmm. circumstances you know if you're a single parent and you've got four mm -hmm. kids like what mm -hmm. are you going to do right mm -hmm. but it is we're at that point now where it's like do, where do we want this to go like people need to just yeah. speak up <laughs> I agree with you a hundred percent I think that's absolutely we do we need everybody to to the degree that you're seeing this have conversations about it and not go along with things that don't feel right and and at the same time i just as much as i agree fully with that the individualist in me recognizes that i can't tell another person what i think that they should do without walking a mile in their shoes and you know it's just mm. it's sort of that's the rub is like there's the there's always that battle between individualism and, and collectivism. And I, I just stop short of judging another person for where they are in their own decision-making at the same. And so I'm like holding both, you know, what you're saying there. I, I agree with yeah. you completely. I do think that's what is needed in order to get past this and prevent what looks like a cultural revolution happening and, and it's very scary to me and I take it very seriously. I do think we all need to be able to find the, the place to speak. And mm -hmm. then I also know mm -hmm. it's a process for each person deciding when is it my time. Yeah, I know exactly. I think there's a difference between, you know, um, talking to someone one-on-one -on -one and being like, you need to speak up because yeah. like, yeah like I because yeah I can't I can't decide whether that person you know can or can't or whatever should or shouldn't mm -hmm. but I think just in general the Probably. messages if you can please do because yeah. like the more people we have like this is going to be swapped like the, the the number of radicals with this ideology aren't, mm -hmm. aren't it's not that high I don't mm -hmm. think it is mm -hmm. anyway there's just a lot of people going along with it but that's what I hope as well. And that's what I think is probably the case. But it, and, and, and I, I'd like to see us reach a tipping point where we can get back to a conversation that's more nuanced and, and that this stuff isn't sweeping our schools, our universities, our, you know, the DEI trainings or throughout the government and throughout a lot of um, corporate fields. And yeah, I'd love to get this. I'd love back to back in check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just posting on uh, Twitter today, like there's these 
consulting people that I've been looking into. And I found like two today that are charging some crazy amount. Like one guy who charges a thousand, a thousand two hundred or a thousand five hundred to four thousand dollars for like one workshop at oh school. And wow. so this is in the Toronto area. He mm. just, you know, we book him for an hour or two, pay him a couple grand to go and tell the kids and or teachers that you know we live in an oppressive hellhole wow. and all this stuff. Like. It's mm. a, it's such a good grift for the people yeah. who got into yeah, it. it They're making like this guy must be making millions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. That's incredible, incredible, and people are doing mm -hmm. it. They're buying it. Well, um, I think this has been such an interesting conversation, and I've really enjoyed following you and and hearing your perspective on this stuff. I love the I love the way that you are just out there and saying what you think and just speaking very reasonably. And uh, I hope you get back into teaching at some point because I think your students will benefit greatly from, from having a teacher like you. Uh, thank you so much. And back at you, I hope that you can get into therapy. I know you're doing life, life coaching, coaching right? yeah. Um, but like, it would be nice for you eventually to, to you know, do what you set out to do and, Mm -hmm. get that one-on-one -on -one, uh like be that that actual good therapist that people need you know mm -hmm. and they need answers um so yeah it's the feeling is very mutual and thanks for having thanks. me on thank you are there any final um thoughts you have or recommendations or links that you want to direct people to uh no not really um i mean okay. if, if you want to find me on twitter uh, Chanel Fall, which is hard to spell, but I'm sure you can type it there somewhere. Mm -hmm. I will. I sure will. I'll include it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again for speaking with me. Thanks, Leslie.